Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. This is Father Brian. Joined by Father Tay. Today we're going to talk about anointing of the sick. Correct. And it's a very beautiful sacrament. And sometimes we often associate it with the last rites. But the anointing of the sick goes much deeper than just the last rites. In fact, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Numbers, paragraph 1499, it says... By the sacred anointing of the sick and the prayer of the priests, the whole church commends those who are ill to the suffering and glorified the Lord, that he may raise them up and save them. And indeed, she exhorts them to contribute to the good of the people of God by freely uniting themselves to the passion and death of Christ. This is a beautiful definition because when we're sick, the catechism describes it so beautifully, is that it's very easy for a person to come self-absorbed, right? I'm stuck in bed, or I'm stuck in the hospital, and I can't move around as I, as I freely choose to, and so all I have left is to focus on the pain as I'm trying to recover. And so it's very easy to be absorbed by ourselves. Woe is me for, for going through this. But we forget that the Lord is giving us an opportunity to love Him through the trials of sickness. Because when we're sick... We can use it to unite ourselves to Christ saying, you were there before me carrying the cross and in your suffering and then in your passion, help me now to see you through my suffering and to unite myself closer to your will. Yeah, and it's a super practical one. I mean, who doesn't get sick um, at some point during their life? And so it's a super grounded foundation that we would have this, that Jesus would allow this to be a thing. Um because illness is a part of human life, um, and it just it happens. We get sick, and Christ comes and is our, our physician, and he heals the sick all throughout Scripture. And so why not have a sacrament that's tangible, that priests can go and anoint people? And also, if you look at it, you know, uh, just kind of what Father Tay was saying, the sick person before God... Um, the Old Testament, especially when we look at the book of Job, Job's a righteous man and he becomes sick and everything goes wrong for him. But what does he do with that? He stays in the presence of God during it. He doesn't run from the presence of God. He actually stands in front of the Lord and goes, what have I done wrong that I have this? And God's response is, well, I've been here. I'm the response. Like, and then we know what that actually means when Jesus comes and appears and suffers death. He's the one that suffers more greatly than we could ever. He's the most innocent. So um, the illness actually can become a way of conversion. Um, God's um, forgiveness can come about, and it's a weird dynamic that can actually happen is our sickness actually can open us to our finiteness because essentially it can give us a glimpse of our own demise, our own death, our own... But it also puts us, motivates us to look at what's actually important, which as a priest in going around doing anointings, that's uh, often some of the conversation that's done in the hospital room with them of... Who's important to them? Who do they need to reach out to? Um, or the people that are in the room, that's the most beautiful part. The people that are in the room already know that they're important and already are having conversations. Um, their last conversations on this side of the, on this side of the grave. And so, um, 
but it's just a it's a great um, realistic uh, sacrament for us uh, to celebrate. Correct, and it's good to talk about sometimes too. Um, because of its rather known name of last rites, that we often ask for this um, sacrament when we're at death's door. Or really, we could even ask for a little bit earlier for anything that we need, um, especially with before surgery or anything of that sort. Yeah, the list actually has um, an anesthesia. What is it? Anesthesia? No, no, no. Anesthesia? That one. Anesthesia. When it's anesthesia, even if you're put out for like getting your wisdom teeth out, technically you could actually, because there's a slight chance you won't come out of those types of things when it's induced by others. So uh, you can actually ask to be anointed before you got your wisdom teeth removed if you didn't. I wish I would have known that. I would have totally done that, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, there, <clears throat> and another point to add too is that the sacraments of anointing the sick is meant for further healing. And sometimes when we think of anointing the sick, we often equate it with the physical healing. But it's really the healing that our soul needs at the time. And so that's why within the rite of anointing the sick, there's so many beautiful scriptures from the gospel, from the promises of the letter of St. James. Right? If any of those who are sick call for the priest, they pray over you, and that purse the faith can heal them, right? And so it's a beautiful <clears throat> thing. Kind of, kind of adding on to what Father Brian was saying earlier, it affects everyone who's there present. Sometimes the nurses are there, sometimes the doctors are there, <clears throat> sometimes the family are there. In fact, I had a quick story to kind of add, what's really cool was um, I knew a lady who, who, was in the, um, who was in the hospice for a while, and she was a great prayer warrior for me. And so uh, I knew the family pretty well, so they, they uh, came to call me into for anointing of the sick and I you know prayed with them and, and I and I ministered to her give her anointing of the sick and a couple hours later she passed away but what was beautiful is that all her children that were there are now going back to the mass and they have all commented father I've never been present at anointing of the sick but the words of Jesus were so comforting to me right mm-hmm. one of the famous gospel that we often hear at wedding uh, not wedding sorry excuse me funerals right Come to me, all you who are laboring and are burdened, mm-hmm. and I will give you rest. Right? So that's what Jesus is offering for all of us who are hearing it, is this rest for his physical labor and to be with him in another, uh, later stages of our life. Um, <clears throat> so that's anointing of the sick. We can also talk about the, <clears throat> the viaticum, too, as well. And this is not really talked about a lot. So viaticum... Not only is it anointing the sick, but we're also preparing the soul for the last stages of life. And it's able to receive the body of Christ and the precious blood of Christ before taking that step. Um, and so, within this rite, the, the viaticum, we also give the person a, a chance to have their confessions heard. And also for the apostolic pardon too as well, which is very powerful uh, during, during, during the sacrament. Yeah, the apostolic pardon, we'll just go off on that for a little bit. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's pretty much the coolest thing ever. It is the church's ability, or authority being used to um, grant a complete dispensation of all punishment of sin in this world and in the world to come. So it's a complete clean slate, uh, and it's called the apostolic pardon. 
most reason do it. Um, the coolest part about it, in some sense, is um, you can actually give it, grant it to somebody and pray the prayer uh, with them being unconscious. Um, but of course that has to be figured out in their own will when they come before the Lord. Um, that allow that grace to actually take root in their life and in their life if they've been practicing going to confession and practicing receiving mm-hmm. God's mercy and love it takes to the soul really well and if they haven't well there's a conversation there that needs to be done so mm-hmm. to even have our own hearts uh, disposed to that uh, before we become unconscious and have that happen um, and ask for it the apostolic pardon. So, if we are passing away, or if uh, we know somebody is, and we ask, you know, just mention to the priest, hey, make sure you do the apostolic pardon. Um, most do, that I know, but mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a thing that happened for a long time, and then there was a falling out, um, maybe amongst priests in formation. Um, but now it's, it's definitely one of the coolest things that I've gotten to do. One of the other stories that I had, I've, I've had two, I've had two or three people that were in hospice, mm. and then they went home. Yeah. Um, mm. So healings totally do happen, uh, and it's always funny when I go back to the hospital after something like that happens, uh, the ministers of the other religions that are there, they're like, Father, what do you do? Can you go and see? And I was like, I mean, I could. I mean, I haven't done anything. It's the Lord working, so. Right. I just showed up and prayed. So, mm-hmm. um, so the, but they're like, "What? What happened?" I was like, "I don't, I don't know." So, it's a good sacrament. Yeah, the Lord is um, the Lord's ever at work for those those types of things. So, do we want to go over the effects of the sacrament? Yes, let's do it. <clears throat> and so, in the Catechism, the in briefs uh, of 1532, it talks about how. It helps unite the sick person to the passion of Christ for his own good and that of the whole church. And that's something we grew up with grandparents who often say, offer it up. What does it mean to offer it up, right? It means to unite yourself, saying, Lord, the pain that I'm feeling, right? The pain that I'm feeling now or the, the, the sense of being uncomfortable or being locked in a certain place for a long time, allow this suffering to help another soul that's in need. That's what it means to offer it up. You're praying constantly, but your your life is also an action of prayer too. Saying, Lord, through this suffering, help me to unite myself to you and to help other souls that are in need of, of your saving grace and your saving help. And then there's a, uh, a strengthening of peace and uh, to endure the Christian manner of suffering illnesses or old age. So it's just a the ability to have Christ be in us, to suffer with us, um, and to be able to be at peace and encourage that our homeland is not here. It's eternal life with God. So what do I have to do in order to live out that hope and that faith, um, really that love uh, towards those that are with me, and give me that strength and consolation that I can continue to uh, to persevere, run the race well, as St. Paul would say. Mm. And even the right, uh, the anointing of the sick, it says, when he or she is dejected, afford her hope, right? When she is hopeless, give her courage to allow the person to always look towards Christ. And one of the effects is the forgiveness of sins. If the sick person is not able to obtain it, if, if the uh, sick person is not able to obtain it through the sacrament of penance, 
kind of like what we were talking about earlier with, with the apostolic pardon. Because sometimes people have grave injuries, and so it doesn't allow them to communicate. But at least through the apostolic pardon, and they can give us some sort of sign that they would like to have this, that we're able to confer it upon them. And then uh, restoration of health, if it's uh, conducive to the salvation of their, his or her soul. So God gives us healing. Um, sometimes it's not the healing we looked for or wanted, mm-hmm. but it's the healing that hopefully brings us, or that God has in plan of bringing us to eternal life with Him. So if it's conducive for us to be restored, then it is. If it isn't and it's time for us to go home, then it's time for us to go home. So whichever way... Um, that happens after the sacrament. Something is always healed. That's the coolest part. Something yes. is always healed in the sacrament. Uh, mostly, a lot of times, it's the soul that's being healed. Sometimes it's physical that's being healed. But no matter when you celebrate it or how often it's celebrated, um, something is always done, and the Lord knows that and sees that. Um, and if we have a keen eye, we can see it and notice it too in the others. Correct. Uh, the last one is the preparation for passing over to eternal life. Um, <clears throat> I've only, i never had this encounter before, but other priests have told me the stories, like how they say when you go into the hospital room and you give the last snorting of the sick or viaticum, and then, and then when you leave, a couple of hours later, you might receive a phone call saying, thank you for being there. You know, my, my mother or my father and my grandparents have passed away and they were at peace. You know, and that's the beauty of the sacrament because during that time, where a person is passing from this life onto the next, it can be very scary. And so it's very helpful um, for the priest to be there, to be a presence of Christ, and to say the most holy words from scriptures and the promise of Christ, to reassure the person you know, that they are loved by God, and how we need to depend on God's mercy right, and His healing to forgive us of our sins, and to rely on that promise, and to rely on that promise, even to the and even to the last minutes of our life, that God will continue to draw us closer to Him. Yeah, it's a beautiful sacrament, but uh, one that we don't talk about because it deals with death, right? And sometimes we like to avoid it because it's a scary topic. But at the same time, if you look Whatever. at... I know, right? But if you look at the beauty of the Catholic Church and, and all her seven sacraments, they are a gateway to salvation, but also a gateway to see that through the resurrection there's always new life and all the sacraments have healing properties to them if we have faith right and 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 if the healing that needs to be occurred is according to his holy will that's why this uh catechism is so beautifully conducive to the salvation of the soul not what we want but what is needed for our souls at that particular moment so i'm encouraged about sisters of christ if you're listening to this podcast if you have any family members that are in the hospital or hospice, right? It's very helpful for us priests to know. So please either register them, your loved ones, when you're going to the hospital saying, my loved one, this patient is a Catholic patient and would like to have a priest visit them or to receive communion as well as anointing the sick whenever possible. Because it's a great ministry that we don't want to lose, but it's been fairly hard and difficult during this COVID-19 um, that's all. Anything else to add, Father Brian? I got nothing. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into our podcast. Um, I know this may seem like a shorter one. Uh, we're not trying to fill in the time, but it's a very beautiful sacrament and explains for itself. 
the healing of Christ who is the divine physician and he longs to heal all of us most importantly to bring us home to him right and so when when you're there with your loved one in the hospital continue to pray for them oh it's a good thing to talk about we often forget that there's a spiritual works of mercy and one of them is to pray for our dead even if our loved one has gone over right has passed away from this life has gone over to the next we don't stop praying for them right because we are the church of militant we are alive and we pray for those the church of the dead the ones in purgatory the ones who have gone before us that they will enjoy the rewards of eternal life so they, they can pass over and to become one with, with the lord and to enjoy the, the properties of the church of heaven all the angels and saints so I would encourage you to keep that in mind, of anointing of the sick and praying for the dead. They're all connected together. How we always pray for those who are suffering, because we are all one mystical body. If one suffers, then all of us suffer. If one rejoices, then all of us rejoice. Ooh, so correct. Jesus in the resurrection. Yes, correct. Joy! Yeah, yeah, amen. That's a good point. Joy good point. out. Boom. Amen. All right, you just heard the uh, Wasika... Yes. Train come through. Yes, we're recording in Wasika, where, Wasika. We, where I'm stationed at, and Father Brian's not too far away. Mm-hmm. Say holy, my friends. Bye.